Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of More Than a White Man's Game, a baseball podcast on the House of Elm Network. As always, I'm your host, Maddie Lee, and this week is an all-star edition. I am actually, we're recording this on Saturday because I am heading to Denver soon after I'm done putting this together. You guys, of course, will be listening to it on Monday when the festivities have really started. So I am so excited about my guest today. He covers the Dodgers for The Athletic and had covered the Angels for three seasons before that. Fabian Ardaya, we actually overlapped as interns with MLB.com back in the day, and I'm so excited to have gotten to connect with him. I honestly, to start the season, had in the back of my mind that I wanted to have him on to talk about Shohei Otani, who is just making history left and right and is so much fun. And the All-Star break feels like a perfect time to do that. And then, of course, Fabian switched uh, beats mid-season this year. So he was covering the Angels to start the season, moved over to the Dodgers. Really excited for him. That's an awesome career move. And he's done a great job since moving over there. For our purposes of this podcast, it also puts him in a really unique position to both talk about Shohei Otani, who we're going to talk about to start this interview, because, you know, why not? Sounds like fun. Sounds like a perfect all-star topic. But also, Fabian has the knowledge and is in the middle of reporting on the allegations, the sole allegations against Trevor Bauer with the Dodgers. I should say that Bauer and his agents deny the allegations, saying that the interactions between him and this woman were consensual. She says that the encounters began consensually, but did not end that way. And there's been some very in-depth reporting on the whole thing from The Athletic and others. And some really disturbing details have come out, but we'll talk more about that towards the end of this podcast. So a lot packed in to this one podcast, a lot of different tones. So we'll start out with some of the more lighthearted stuff and I'll bring in Fabian. All right, Fabian, thanks so much for joining me. Um, 
congratulations on the Thank new you. gig, by the way. How's that transition been to, you know, other side of L.A.? I, I will say uh, like switching beats in the middle of season, middle of a pandemic is not necessarily ideal. But, I mean, it's been good. Like, it's been interesting. And I, obviously, like, the Dodgers have been playing a lot of good baseball. So it makes uh, for an interesting division race over the course of the season. Yeah, your postseason might be extended a little longer. Yeah, yeah. Normally, whenever I've been working in postseasons in years past, it's been a lot of, like, helping out on Dodgers stuff. Or, like, last year was, like, ALCS coverage because it's in San Diego. This is going to be a little bit different, like, covering a team that's, like, in it. <laughs> Imagine that. Yes. Yes. Um, well, we're going to start then actually with your past because okay. I've jumped on the Shohei Otani bandwagon completely. Uh, he's so much fun to watch and I feel like keeps making history like every other week. So the latest was that he's the first player doing double duty, I guess, in uh, MLB All-Star game. He's going to be pitching and selected as a DH but when you look back at all of the milestones history made, all of that uh, this season, what jumps out to you? I think mostly it's just the fact that he's, like, doing this while not taking, like, any days off. I think that's the thing that's been, like, most impressive the entire time. Like when they first, like, brought it up in spring training this year, it was sort of like, oh, we're going to take the restrictions off. I was like, oh, okay, like, they'll – They'll work in fewer days off in between. Like, they'll still be able to, like, manage it. It's an open conversation. He'll, like, take some days off after he starts. Like, like no, he's just pretty much playing every single day, which is absolutely bizarre. But I think, uh, I mean, obviously, like, Joe Madden gets a lot of criticism as a manager. Most of it, a lot of it's sometimes deserved. Like, when it comes to, like, pitching changes, stuff like that. But I will say, like, to pair that manager with that player, like, I don't, there's very few scenarios where I think, like, a manager would allow Otani to play as often as he has this year. And I think Madden's one of the few managers that would sort of push that envelope. And it's worked out so far. Obviously, the big thing is keeping him healthy, but like it's incredible. It's not just like a once a week thing where he's pitching or once a week and then you sort of like buy in the days off around that and then he hits three or four times a week. Like, no, like it's just every single day you're pretty much seeing a Shohei Otani highlight of some form. How do those conversations work between? him and Madden and, you know, I guess the rest of the staff, obviously, but are they just letting, how much is he dictating it? What's the back and forth look like? Uh, I mean, there's been a couple of times where they've like held him back a little bit. They just sort of like, I think it was uh, the game after his first start when he like took the tumble at home plate. Uh, they sort of gave it, they, he didn't start that game, but he still came in to pinch hit. Like stuff like that where it's like, all right, you're available to pinch hit type stuff. But either way, like, it's like an everyday conversation. It's like, all right, how are you feeling? Like, when you're leaving the ballpark, how are you feeling when you get to the ballpark? And, like, as things are going, like, all right, do you think you're going to be able to hit today while you pitch? Stuff like that. So, it, like, it's not like he's been hitting every day he pitches. Uh, it's been a lot of days, but not every single time. And there's been times where they just use him as a pinch hitter. But, like, it's just, like, a constant conversation. And I think it was, like, stuff that obviously is a little bit more difficult to have last year where it's your first year with Joe Madden. Uh, Otani was obviously dealing with some health stuff, the knee stuff, and then the forearm later on. And he was very frustrated with how last year went, just personally for him. Uh, but like now, obviously, like he's, it's very clear like he's very much enjoying himself. You can sort of see that in how he expresses himself. You've sort of seen this over the course of the spring, uh, just seeing how good he feels about where his body's at. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like for any like casual baseball fans, it feels like he might've just, you know, burst onto the scene out of nowhere, but he's been with the angels for a while. Like, and you wrote a great piece about what his off season looked like. How has he turned around that disappointing 2020 coming off of injury to now being pretty much a household name? Yeah, it was like, it was like the last couple of weeks of the season uh, last year where he, he pretty much got benched down the stretch when the Angels were in a postseason like hunt. Like they were, they had sort of snuck back into the postseason hunt. Uh, they were in it up until the last weekend of the year. And Otani wasn't starting, he was barely playing. Uh, and like they started having the conversations like, all right, what's the winner going to look like? What are we going to do? Because like, he had been shut down from throwing at that point. And uh, he was obviously very lost at the plate and was still dealing with like his back leg, his left leg was sort of still kind of weak after offseason shoulder eye knee surgery. So like he was trying to like figure out how to build a swing without like the main thing that generates his power, which uh, <laughs> <obviously> result- <laughs> the results weren't that good, even though like he's a very strong guy and he still obviously hit some balls hard, but it just wasn't obviously it wasn't what it is right now. Uh, and they sort of like started looking at different, diet plans, uh, different sort of weight training regimens. They toured like a bunch of different facilities in the U.S. and in Japan. And uh, one of the ones that he went to obviously was Driveline, which is the most notable one. Uh, And he was able to sort of like overhaul how he lifted and worked. And a lot of it was sort of about rebuilding that lower half. Uh, And like his knee was finally at a place where it felt closer to normal. And in doing that and in just focusing on like, letting go with his arm like throwing hard uh again like he was able to sort of find that stuff again obviously it took a little bit of time to get that command back which we saw over the course of this season where like early on it was sort of he was throwing 101 and missing bats and also like walking like six batters uh now obviously he has like sort of reined that in a bit and he can still sort of gets that one-on-one whenever he wants to but now it's more like he's pitching rather than just showing off his great stuff all the time yeah i like i like how you phrased it with the letting his arm go because i feel like we don't talk about that enough especially with injuries like coming back from tommy john surgery about how hard it is to trust your body after it you know kind of fails you right yeah and i think like he's a guy like where you can sort of tell because of how he functions with like doing everything it's good when he's like able to like not necessarily stop and think about things like he wants to be able like just go and do it like i think after his last like in his last star against boston like when he did both they like showed like a camera shot during the commercial break of like what he does like when he comes off the mound before he comes off off the plate he's just constantly moving Uh, so like having a chance to like not necessarily like worry or think or be bogged down by all the different things he does and like his ability to compartmentalize that's one of his better skills but if you obviously you take away some of that ability to do that where you're like thinking about that sort of stuff like it's obviously makes things a lot more difficult it sounds like he might just be the best version of himself when he's able to do both right for what you just said but it would have been so easy at some point to give up on one or the other just because that's the norm and kind of that's what bush what baseball pushes why hasn't he i mean one of it's like he sort of has always said like he feels like he's at his most comfortable when he's doing both and that's part of why he likes really enjoys doing both uh but yeah like you're right like there is 
there was a point that was approaching pretty quickly coming into this year where like say like he had another like major arm injury this year and his season never really got off the ground for example like that might have been it for his pitching like he was that close and obviously because he had already proven himself as a hitter more than as a pitcher up to that point in his big league career because like he had only had like 50 uh, career innings entering this year and like he had had seasons partial seasons where he'd exclusively hit and he hit pretty well like 2019 he was a good hitter uh when he wasn't pitching at all uh and obviously in 2018 after he got hurt he was pretty much just a hitter and he had some of his best offensive numbers of that season uh so like yeah there was definitely that point that was I feel like they were relatively close to I think you sort of saw that with how uh this year in arbitration like they bought out two of his three years of arbitration basically guaranteed him money and said like hey like this is your chance to sort of show us what you are and like you can still get a massive payday down the line and last year arbitration free agency if you hit but like if you don't then we'll sort of like figure it out obviously you're a really talented guy uh but i think yeah we're seeing kind of like this best version of himself because he's able to feel comfortable doing both and doing both in the same game sometimes like that stuff like you saw that in that first game against the white Sox, where he comes out like hits 101 and then comes out first pitch uh, the bottom of the first inning and hits up like a 450 foot homer. Yeah, wasn't that was that the one where he was the he had an exit velocity of over 102? Yeah, there was some like it was, a, it was like 115 off the bat and it was like 101 off the mound, all within like a 15 minute span. It's insane. That, yeah. that shouldn't be possible. Well, I'm yeah. so glad for the sake of baseball that he's found a way to do both and that the angels have trusted him with that. You're going to be in Denver for all-star. What are you most excited about? You, we can do a, a Shohei one and an overall one, or we can just focus on him. I'll leave it up to you. I feel like he's the thing. I feel like the thing I'm most excited for isn't even the game. And it, I think it's just strictly the home run derby with Shohei Otani hitting the fourth <laughs> field. I think that's it. Because I've seen enough of his BP over the years to like, know what's in there. And he's also the type of guy where, like, he – I mean, I think you sort of see it sometimes. Like, he's he understands, like, it's an entertainment product. And he will he will definitely put on a show. Like, he enjoys that sort of stuff. And he seems to, ex- like, excel with that sort of stuff. And I feel like – that first round matchup is might be the best matchup of the entire derby between uh Otani and Soto, and I feel like that's gonna be really, really exciting stuff. Yeah, just starting off strong. Um yes. I'll see you there. I'm I'm stoked. Obviously, uh I have no Cubs or uh Chicago angles to cover, so I'm just gonna be very focused and just I guess taking in the the whole scene. Um now we can actually move to the team that you currently cover. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shifting definitely to a more serious note, the latest, and stop me if I've missed anything, but as we're recording on Saturday afternoon, um, the latest with this whole Trevor Bauer um I don't know the right word, saga, scandal, seemed to make too much light of it. Uh, But MLB has placed him on administrative leave. That's been extended another seven days with the Players Association's approval while police are investigating allegations of assault against him and 
we're not going to get into all of the details there, but there are definitely articles out there for any of our listeners who want to dig into all of that kind of the spark notes version is that um, he and this woman who is accusing him of assault said that they, they met twice in what she described as beginning as consensual and not ending that way. So for you covering all of this, what kind of was your first reaction when those first, you know, very disturbing details came out? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously like it's, it's so, because like, obviously first off, it's sort of a get into like, all right, like, what does this mean for like, all right, who, who do I have to call who for PIO sort of stuff. But it's also like, obviously like you're trying to get, like soak in the details and understand like, all right, this is the situation. This is what happened. What's what are the next steps legally for him with the league? Um, I think sort of what we're waiting for at the moment is obviously Pasadena Police Department is currently doing their investigation. MLB is doing its own investigation, and I've, uh, the extended, the leave has been extended for another seven days. So I think in seven days they have basically either they're going to reinstate him or they're going to work out something with MLBPA to negotiate an, another extended leave. It uh, doesn't necessarily have to be for the seven days. I think we've seen in uh, past cases where I think it was like Domingo Herman with the Yankees, they were able to extend that leave through the end of the season. And he was basically on on administrative leave up until his suspension was laid down. Uh, the case with Bauer, I mean, we don't, he doesn't have, he has not been charged or arrested yet. He does not have to be charged or arrested to be uh, disciplined under uh, MLB's domestic violence policy. So we still have to see that. I mean, obviously it's, uh, some great reporting from uh, Britt Groley and Katie Strang uh, to be able to sort of outline some of those allegations, but they're really difficult to read. And, and they're very, obviously if they prove out to be true, and obviously this is very credible, it appears a very credible case at this point, um, just with the data that and the information that's out there. Um, as this stuff sort of comes out, obviously it's going to drag itself out. We're already starting to see the, Dodgers sort of distance themselves in a sense from him in the interim. Obviously, they canceled his bobblehead night. They started, they stopped selling some of his merchandise. Uh, so I think we're still in the early stages, but I feel like this isn't going to end anytime soon. Uh, I feel like it's sort of uh, at the moment, the MLB did what sort of they, what the administrative leave is there for is to sort of get him away from the situation, make sure that the attention's not on him right now not take away from anything that's happening on the team uh, with the team right now. Obviously you could have argued that he could have gone there sooner. I think he's the person who's had the longest time between uh, the initial news breaking and being placed on leave uh, since the leave's been administrated. Uh, so I think we're still, I think it's still in the early stages, but like, obviously like this is a very sad story either way. Yeah. What, what are you expecting for the next steps? Do you think it's going to be that kind of, indefinite leave that um, the Players Association would have to approve that as well, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would I would think that it would be just because I don't think that, I feel like this investigation isn't going to be wrapped up in seven days, but obviously we still don't really know. Um, I think first off, I, I mean, I would be surprised, like with Bauer being who he is, like how he's per, sort of presented himself, in years past, it's like I, 
Uh, he might say something, might not. Obviously, he, that window for him to appeal the being placed on leave has already passed. Um, but um, I, I'm curious to see if if the leave does get extended again, if he does say something that uh, could compromise him legally or anything like that, sure. uh, if he or if he does remain silent as he has uh, pretty much since uh, being placed on leave. So, I mean, we'll still see uh, how it sort of plays out. Um, it's a tough position for the union to be in, in a sense, because obviously their, uh, their sort of position is to defend the players, but obviously the players and the league uh, collectively bargained this policy. And this is the policy at work is the sort of, you put them on leave while you investigate. And once the investigation's over, you decide if there's punishment and what the punishment is. So I think in the meantime, I would, I would expect him to get his leave extended. I don't know for how long, if he'll be indefinite or what. Uh, but uh, I think but if you're, if I'm running the Dodgers, obviously I'm planning like a future of the season and possibly beyond that without him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as horrifying as some of the stuff that's come out from this has been, you do really see that policy working kind of how it was supposed to and seems to have without any hiccups. I don't know what would have, you know, if it would have become more of a thing if he had decided to appeal. I think his agent said that they didn't want to detract from the Dodgers and and that whole storyline. But it has seemed to be, although a very disturbing case, also pretty smooth going so far. And that's silver lining maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I would say the one thing is like that it did take him so long to put, be put on leave. Obviously, it sort of put them in a position where like they had not that story. The second story of with with the actual allegations came out like at a Dodgers off day. Like they could have immediately placed him on leave or put him on leave Thursday morning, and instead they sort of the way MLB did it, it was through they went through Thursday, and basically like the Dodgers were in a position where they had to sort of either say he was going to start on Sunday or what or not and. Uh, some of the language uh, that could be interpreted within the domestic violence policy, like obviously the Dodgers could decide if he wanted to start or not, and it could they could argue that it wasn't punitive, and Bauer could have filed a grievance like that. But like, obviously, like all that stuff could have been taken out of the Dodgers' hands if they if they had placed him on leave a little bit earlier, and instead they did it like Friday morning, right after the Dodgers left the White House, and it was, they tried to like sneak it in that way, but they, obviously it didn't. This wasn't sneaking through anyway. No. Do you, do you think it would work better if teams had more control over that? Uh, no, because I think I feel like the teams will let the guy start in most, most cases. I feel like just being cynical, I feel like most teams would just let the guy start because he is the reigning Cy Young winner and you sort of need to start. Uh, I feel like we, I feel like having tr- trust for, Teams are leaked out to do the right thing automatically. I think there's a there's a reason to be skeptical for that always. Yeah, for sure. And you know whether it was because of how the domestic violence policy is laid out or whatever it may be, they did say like because obviously you guys were asking questions immediately after it happened about whether he'd make his next start. And up until that point, the whole thing was yes until it was no, right? Yeah, um, I think it was um, obviously in a position where, like, they could have been subject to a grievance if they had 
like skip start or like split the rotation up. But obviously, like on sort of Devil's Advocate, it's like teams do that all the time with healthy starters. They do that all the time. Dodgers were coming off an off day. They could have rotated around. Uh, I think obviously they sort of said that, I think, with the understanding uh, that the league would sort of come down eventually uh, with administrative leave before Bauer's next start. I think part of what the league took so long to, for doing that was uh, sort of like trying to hope that they can push this through the all-star break. Uh, although that, because they didn't, they didn't know for sure if MLBPA was going to extend the leave, but obviously like we're in a case where they did it, they extended the leave and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it just second time. Great. Well, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for joining me on two very different topics. Yes, two very different topics, but of course. Safe flight to Denver and all. Thanks, you too. See you out there. All right, see you there. All right, thanks so much. All right, thanks. Again, that was Fabian Ardaya. You can find his stuff on the Athletics app and website. Really great stuff. Highly recommend even though he's not covering Shohei Otani anymore. But I'm glad I got to chat with him on that subject. And I'm going to get ready for the All-Star game in a minute. Although there are no Chicago participants, so no Cubs or White Sox participants in the Home Run Derby, which we talked about earlier, there's still so many great storylines. Uh... Obviously, some fantastic pitchers from both sides who made the teams. And Tim Anderson, thank goodness, was named a replacement player on Saturday. So a lot of great storylines, a lot of Chicago storylines. And it's going to be a exhausting but very fun week. I'm thrilled to be going out there next episode i'll try to drop some of my experiences in we'll see how that goes but thank you all so much for listening this week happy all-star break and thank you to our incredible producer lawrence holmes who is the creator of this whole house of l network thank you all for tuning in yet again Tell all your friends and family about this podcast. Rate and review. And we will see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.